developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, the federal and provincial governments pumped $2.3 million in the Agri-Food Innovation Centre in Saskatoon. We chat with the province's Minister of Agriculture about the support for the Innovation Centre, as well as last week's major announcements of canola crushing plants, two of them being built in the Regina area. We also discuss the start to seeding in the Southern Grain Belt. We have the latest weather stats for April and the outlook for May, which indicates dry weather last month and again this month. Real Agriculture talks about new crop insurance for heat-blasted canola. The CFIB makes a presentation to the Commons Committee on the Federal Carbon Tax. Grain Growers of Canada comment on the Canada Grain Act review. And Saskatchewan Agriculture has some research details on seeding rates. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. The Agri-Food Innovation Centre in Saskatoon is getting a big boost to expand. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says $2.3 million in federal-provincial funding will assist processors to develop new food products from Saskatchewan farms. The investment is $2.3 million in this expansion, Jim, and uh, really what it does is uh, give opportunity, and uh, the expansion is for more sweets. Uh, we're just seeing so much demand for the food center, and Dan Prefontaine and his team are just doing an amazing job in, in helping young entrepreneurs obviously develop new foods, new products, and get them into the commercial market and work with them there. So we just felt, well, obviously, the, the expansion was needed. It's a little over 12,000 feet, and it'll be uh, more sweets as well, Jim. And uh, it's just part of our growth strategy to uh, grow our value-added processing here in the province. And this is just a way that we do it to help uh, young entrepreneurs develop their product. How do farmers benefit from this? Well, really what it does is if this, these processing uh, facilities start here in the province, then they're obviously going to be looking for raw product. And whether it's on the pulp side or the grain side or uh, oilseed side, whatever it may be, we look at then they just have an opportunity to deliver their product to those facilities rather than shipping them abroad or shipping them out of, out of the province somewhere else. So, And, I mean, obviously we're seeing it, you know, just a small example, is, is canola crush, right? 
uh, when the canola is crushed here, it obviously has a higher value for the farmer than it does shipping it somewhere else. So uh, we see all of that. And especially now when we're seeing, especially in the protein side and the extraction side, we're really starting to see a lot of products being developed that way. And it's also, it's an attraction that also brings the big players, like the big food processors to uh, Saskatchewan and Saskatoon to the food center to look at what's going on and, and opportunities around expanding their uh, product line as well. So this really is to help develop new food products from Saskatchewan farms? You bet. It's exactly what it is. And uh, I personally know uh, some young people. I've been to the food center uh, a few times now, Jim, and I've met some young entrepreneurs that are developing product there. And it is incredible what they are doing and what the food center is hel- helping them to do in in the processing and uh, and obviously for shelf life and everything like that, but to really uh, help them promote their product and really get them into the commercial market space, but it really gives them an opportunity to develop their product. You touched on this. The last two weeks, we've seen two major announcements for the Regina area, new canola crushing plants, the largest in the world from Viterra, and Cargill also having a significant announcement of one million ton crush plant. Your thoughts, your reaction? Well, this is great news, Jim. It's just everything we're trying to do to really grow the value added business, but also really to put more money in the in the pockets of the farmers as well. And that's really what this will do. Uh, this, uh, you know, when you look at the announcement, JRI with uh, doubling their uh, facility, their crush capacity in Yorkton to 2.2 million metric ton. Cargill's announcement here in Regina, plus their, their expansion at Clavette and, and some upgrades there as well. And then obviously with Viterra with the 2.5 million metric ton crush facility here in the Regina area uh, will be the largest canola crush facility in the world. And that is that is great news for the province of Saskatchewan that just gives opportunity for our farmers to uh, sell their product locally. And that's, that's a great thing. We're into one of our mega projects, the annual spring seeding, uh, just getting underway. Yeah, it is. And some parts, you know, I've, I've talked to some uh, farmers, they're, they're well on the way. Uh, I, you know, talked to a friend yesterday, if they have another good week, they'll virtually have it pretty well all in the ground. So it's well underway, Jim. Uh, in some cases, the moisture condition is good. In other places, it's uh, drier. So obviously, we, you know, we'll need rain. We always do need rain. But I do want to make sure, Jim, to pass along, like this is a very busy time for farmers and uh, long days. I just want everybody to really be safe out there. Everybody wants to see their family at night. But I also want to uh, also say to the driving public, there's big equipment out there. They're crossing highways. Please slow down. Beware what's what's happening, uh, and just everybody to be safe. The driving public and farmers as well. David Merritt is the Minister of Agriculture for Saskatchewan. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie Six Inch Eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca. April was another very dry month for the majority of the Saskatchewan Grain Belt with approximately only 20% of normal precipitation. Environment Canada meteorologist Terry Lang breaks down the numbers for Regina. did get some, but again, it didn't melt down too much. So they came in with uh, 5.6 millimeters of precipitation compared to the uh, monthly average of uh, 24.1. So that was 23% of average and uh, 18th driest uh, April out of 135 years of record. So continuing that dry trend. Lang says April was cooler than normal in Regina. Temperature-wise, again, uh, close to average, 3.9 degrees for the month compared to their 
average of 4.8, so a little bit on the cool side, but uh, they have a long period of record. So it wasn't, you know, it was about 64th warmest or <laughs> maybe 64th coldest, sort of right in the middle. North Battleford and Prince Albert had 3.7 millimeters of precipitation, making it the sixth driest for North Battleford, 10th for PA. There were some better numbers for the southeast and east central regions due to snow April 11th, 12th, and 13th. However, it was only enough to get April precipitation to just under half of normal for Yorkton and 70% for Estevan. Lang notes these regions had very little snow over the winter. There's such a deficit in, of moisture in that southeast corner that it didn't add up to much. And of course, when snow melts down, it doesn't melt down to as much uh, moisture as you think it does and we really need those really wet 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 heavy snows that bring more moisture content and this was sort of it was wet snow but not not as wet as it could be so the moisture content just didn't uh, ring out too much. Unfortunately the drier trend is expected to run through May. Most of the models are indicating that for the south half of the province it's going to continue with that dryness and it's trying to be on the warmer side forecast to be on the warmer side than average so perhaps another repeat of what we just had uh, in April here although we we didn't get uh, any of those April showers and you know hoping for some May showers because this dry trend is, is really starting to lengthen out we're not seeing any big rainmakers we can go out to about 10 days with any kind of confidence you know seeing specific weather systems and we're not seeing any of those big rainmakers unfortunately looks like one will um, maybe clip the southwest corner of the province and certainly Alberta this weekend but unfortunately then it dives south of us so we're going to miss out uh, on any of that uh, nice precipitation. Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment and Climate Change Canada. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147, Sirius XM. Joined right now by the co-founder and CEO of Farmer's Edge, Wade Barnes. Wade, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Hey, Wade, a uh, new product released uh, from an insurance standpoint from Farmer's Edge. Uh, talk about this new product that you, you just announced last week related to heat blasting. Yeah, so so we're really focused on working with reinsurers to utilize this uh, field-centric weather information and, and, and farmers' data to develop new insurance products and so heat blasting canola is sort of the first one there's going to be others kind of coming down the pipeline but but we're excited about the the heat blast because we think there's a, a, a big opportunity being able to measure individual fields uh, and be able to give farmers some extra protection right now and with the price of canola being so strong we think farmers will be looking for that so how do you determine the amount of loss created by heat blast well, it's, it's a derivative product, so there's no real measurement. So you don't actually have um, um, somebody coming out uh, to the farm and determining that. It's really based off the weather sensor that we have in the field. 
uh, or on the farm, and then it's measuring, uh, you know, the temperature um, that fits into the criteria. And once it hits that target, it triggers the claim, and then essentially Munich will go in and, and make that payment directly to the grower. Okay, so it, it and does it so there's no in-field evaluation whatsoever. It, it's basically just on the temperature was 40 degrees Celsius, and that triggers a claim. Right. So, you know, it, you're able to measure out um, the sensitive time around heat blasts. So, so many, you know, degrees um, during the day and so many degrees in the evening. Um, and once you hit that window uh, during the time that canola is flowering, you you essentially trigger that payment. Now, we're, we're able to, to, to model out um, the growth stages on canola, and then we're able, we have the weather stations that are very field-centric. Now, some of these reinsurance companies have done this type of products around the world, but they base them off of government weather stations. And I think what's unique uh, with what we're doing is based off the farmer's uh, weather. And so the problem with derivatives is that sometimes you get paid um, when you shouldn't, and sometimes you don't get paid when you should. Um, and I think we solve that problem by utilizing the farmer's uh, own weather information. And uh, so so we think that's going to be very uh, differential in, in, in the market. And so your growth modeling takes into account planting date. You can predict based on the weather and the moisture. You can kind of predict what growth stage that canola plant is at and overlay that with uh, what the temperature is. And, and that's kind of the trigger. There's, so there's not even a biomass calculation from a satellite or anything like that. No, no, nothing like that. And and so, I mean, at the end of the day, the farmer, when the flowers start to, dr- start to drop um, off the canola plant, you can see those blank spaces. You know you've had heat blast and you can probably remember, you know, the two weeks before that, you know, um, streak of hot weather. And so this way we'll, we'll trigger it. Um, and then as we go forward, we're going to start thinking about other uh, perils that hit the crop that can be measured in the same way and whether it be moisture um, and even the thought process about, you know, yield guard type products, uh, um, sort of sort of similar to what the concept where some of the seed and chemical companies are thinking about outcome based. A lot of the reinsurance companies want to participate there as well to provide, um, you know, protective solutions. And again, with the data that we're collecting off the farms, you know, we know when the farmer plants, we know how much fertilizer, we can start doing predictive yield analysis, and then we can, you know, we know the end results. So so we're gonna be able to streamline this. And again, heat blast is the first one, but there's a basket of other products that we're gonna be bringing out um, over the next year or two. Well, in, in a way, Wade, you know, we're calling it heat blast insurance. It, it's kind of like a isn't it kind of like a high temperature hedge for the, for the farmer? Yeah, yeah, I, I I think that's 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 a good description. This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agro weather forecast on the Source six twenty CKRM. The official six twenty CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. 
Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, mainly sunny sky, wind southeast 20, the high 12 degrees, the low minus 2. Wednesday, partly cloudy, wind east 20, becoming northwest 20, Near noon, the high tomorrow 15, the low plus 1. Sunny on Thursday, the high 16, the low 0. Friday, partly cloudy, the high 15, the low plus 1. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high 10, the low 0. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 11, the low plus 1. Monday, scattered clouds, the high near 12 degrees. Normal high is 17. For this date, the normal low is plus 2. The sun rose at 5.28 this morning. It sets at 8.23 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, 13 degrees in Leader in west-central Saskatchewan. The cold spot, minus 1 up north, Collins Bay and Stony Rapids. Estevan is 11 degrees. Saskatoon is 10. Swift Current, 7. Weyburn, 11. Yorkton is 9 degrees. Regina has... A few clouds. There's scattered clouds, and it's 11 degrees. That's 52 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northeast at 10. Humidity is 20%, and the barometric pressure dropping 102.0. Moose Jaw, partly cloudy, 13 degrees. Winds are from the east at 11. Once again, Regina, partly cloudy and 11. That's 52 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. The Commons Agriculture Committee is hearing more testimony this week on Bill C-206. That's the private member's bill introduced by the federal Tories about a year ago. It aims to exempt propane and natural gas from the federal carbon tax on the farm when used in equipment like grain dryers. The bill easily passed first and second reading in the Commons thanks to unanimous support from the other opposition parties, including the NDP, the Bloc, and the Green Party. One of the recent presenters to the committee was Virginia Labby an agribusiness policy analyst with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. CFIB continues to hear from farmers that the federal pricing backstop plan has already had a significant impact on their bottom line. When CFIB surveyed our farm members, 82% of respondents agreed the federal carbon tax is negatively impacting their business. When analyzing the data by sector, 94% of farmers in the field crop sector and 93% in the livestock sector have been most negatively impacted. When asked to estimate how much their business expected to pay in federal carbon taxes in the first year it applied to them, farmers on average paid almost $14,000. It is important to note that these costs were incurred when the federal carbon tax was set at $20 per tonne of CO2. As you know, the federal carbon tax is scheduled to rise to $170 per tonne by 2030. This amounts to an increase of more than 325% from today and a 750% increase from when this data was collected. One of the recurring themes in the member comments in our surveys is that farmers cannot pass these additional costs onto their customers. In fact, 83% in the field crop sector said they would be able to pass on less than 10% of the federal carbon tax cost to customers. 
Over 78% said they would have to eat the entire cost of the federal carbon tax. Given most farmers are price takers, the magnitude of these increases in federal carbon taxes will hamstring farmers' ability to compete, invest in their business, and in new technology. In addition, the ripple effect throughout the agriculture sector has ratcheted up indirect costs for farmers from the carbon tax applied to farm inputs and transportation services such as railways and trucking. It is clear that even incremental annual increases to the price on carbon emissions is worrying farmers. When the federal carbon tax was set to increase from $30 to $40 per tonne on April 1st, almost three-quarters said it would have a significant impact on their agribusiness. It is fair to say that farmers are deeply concerned what these costs will escalate to by 2030. This is why it is important to provide carbon tax relief now and why Bill C-206 is an urgently needed positive first step in addressing this unfair burden on agriculture. That's Virginia Labby with the CFIB. Again, the panel is hearing more testimony this week on the bill. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. Several farm groups and farmers themselves have made submissions as the federal government reviews the Canada Grain Act. It's been 35 years since the last major overhaul of the Act, even then NAFTA was updated in that time. The Grain Growers of Canada Executive Director Aaron Gowerluck says the new Act must be relevant and responsive. Well, one of the things that has really prevented the Act from being more responsive and from being modern is simply the fact that we haven't had a major overhaul of the Act in over 35 years. And a lot has changed in that time. You know, in the last 35 years, we saw the elimination of the single desk for wheat and barley. You know, the growth of canola and the oil processing sector, for example, as well as simply the size and sophistication of, of farms across the country. All of that has changed dramatically in the last 35 years. So it is really, there's really an opportunity now to have a conversation about how we're going to define the gold standard for grain quality in Canada and find better ways to uphold our global reputation as a trusted supplier of grain. And, and the Commission plays a central role, as we know, in assuring grain quality. So it's important that 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 the operations of the Commission and that the Act reflect the modern grain industry. Luck outlined some of the necessary changes. You know, we've had conversations around the mandate of the Canadian Grain Commission, the governance structure of the Canadian Grain Commission, and both governance and mandate, how to keep producer interests front and centre, how the Commission ought to be funded, the types of services that it should provide. You know, we were very clear in our position, for example, on what we think the Commission ought to be doing with respect to outward weighing and inspection, producer protection provisions, producer payment security, and we also offered comments on how to ensure that we embed more transparency and accountability. That's Erin Gowerluck with the Grain Growers of Canada. She remains optimistic the federal government is sincere in making sure they get this right. There's some new research into seeding rates for grain farmers. Crops Extension Specialist in Kindersley, John Ippolito, says the research indicates seeding rates should be increased. Seeding rate recommendations are based on establishing a target plant population. This approach takes into account both the seed weight, which is often referred to as a thousand kernel weight, and the seed survival rate. The recommended plant population for malt barley has been 210 to 250 plants per square meter for some time. 
Research completed in Alberta has indicated that 300 plants per square meter has the potential to optimize yield and also provide a more uniform kernel size. 130 plants per square meter is the current recommended plant population for all types of lentils. Recent research completed in Saskatchewan has shown that for small red lentils, there was a benefit to increasing the plant population to 190 plants per square meter. This higher rate has the potential for higher yields and improved economic returns. Because of the higher plant population, growers will have to plan for at least one fungicide application. The recommended plant population for flax is 300 to 400 plants per square meter. Yields do have the potential to drop off if the population falls below 300 plants per square meter. Seed survival in field conditions with flax is often only 50 to 60 percent. With this in mind, growers should be planning for an actual seeding rate of 500 to 800 seeds per square meter. Information on target plant populations, thousand kernel weights, and the formula to calculate seeding rate based on these factors can be found in the Varieties of Grain Crops publication. This is available on saskatchewan.ca or you can call a Crops Extension Specialist for more information. This is John Epolito, Crops Extension Specialist with Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in Kindersley. Coming up, Market Update. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork, Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry. Creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more, visit saskpork.com. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading today. Canola gained $15 at $8.2057. Number one red spring wheat went up $3.40 at $3.3132. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $2.9027. Feed barley, $2.6768. Flax six ninety seven sixty three lentils seven twenty two fifty oats two hundred nine dollars fifty three cents yellow peas three eighty three seventy and feed wheat two thirty eight eighty four the Minneapolis spring wheat July futures are up six and a half cents at seven sixty five and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of May 4th. Our last sale was on April 28th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.88 to $1.02. D3 cows sold from $0.70 to $0.88. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.15 to $1.35. Our last pre-sorted sale was on April 26. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged two dollars and 46 cents and sold up to two dollars and 57 cents. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged two dollars and 36 cents and sold up to two dollars and 54 cents. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged two dollars and 26 cents and sold up to two dollars and 41 cents. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged two dollars and 17 cents and sold up to two dollars and 30 cents. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged two dollars and seven cents and sold up to two dollars and twenty five cents. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged a dollar ninety three and sold up to two dollars and twelve cents. 
800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.76 and sold up to $1.91. Heifers were about 25 to 30 cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 8,000 hogs Monday, selling in a range of 227 to 243 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,800 head, selling a range of 228 to 242 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are down and selling in the range of 68 to 75 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed and forward contract prices open mixed this morning. And the latest price for Brandon and Moose Jaw plants, 228.59 per CKG. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. And SMHI, landowners, SMHI provides continuous coverage at cost. Contact your RM office today. Municipal Hale, farmers insuring farmers. Cargill has announced a $400,000 grant to support STARS Air Ambulance. The Air Ambulance Service has plans to purchase nine new medically equipped Airbus helicopters at a cost of $13 million each. The new aircraft will help STARS deliver critical care to patients across Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Alberta and parts of B.C. for the next 30 or more years. STARS has been flying missions in the new aircraft from two of its bases since mid-2019 thanks to government, community and corporate support. Officials hope to see the remainder of the new fleet delivered by 2022. Saskatchewan's GDP dropped 5.2% in 2020, according to Stats Canada, which is the biggest drop since 2009. University of Regina Associate Professor of Economics Jason Childs says while it is concerning, it's not surprising. While service industries lost 4.1%, goods-producing sectors were down 6.7% during the year. Child says although the economy is still reeling from the impact of COVID-19, it's already showing signs of improvement this year. On the markets, the TSX is down 68 points at 19,144. The Dow has fallen 95 points at 34,018. Well, is up 93 cents at 65.42 a barrel. And the Canadian dollar is down 25 one-hundredths of a cent at 81.19 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.